quickly, I will not be long this morning. We're going to sing some Christmas carols here shortly together by candlelight and excited about that. But I just want to speak on this thought just for a moment. You can have my room. Look at your neighbor and say, you can have my room. Luke 2 and starting at verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you love the taxes? And all went to be taxed, every one of them in his own city. And Joseph also went up into Galilee out of the city of Nazareth and unto Judea and unto the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Everybody says she was pregnant. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. All you ladies have had babies, so hallelujah. I know you get to that point where it's just like, come on. All right. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So this time of year, we, we make room for so many things. We go through our kids' rooms, we begin to remove toys that they no longer play with, that they played for about two days with after Christmas last year, and then they forgot about it and put it in their closet. Can I get an amen from the parents? Amen. We arrange our living rooms to fit the beautiful Christmas trees, and we rearrange our, uh, our homes, and we arrange the presents to make sure that they fit just right, and we move around the dining room tables and all the accommodations to fit our families that we celebrate together for Christmas. And even when we don't truly have the room for new things or, large, or a large family, we make room for those things because we love them. And the more we bring in, the less room we have. And before you know it, after the years, you realize how much room you used to have until there's so much stuff that is there. And then there comes a season that is called the purge. To clean or to gut or to cause something to leave. Psalms 51, 7 through 15, it says this. I'll just read through 10. It says, purge me, cleanse me, purify me, sanctify me with hyssop. I shall be clean, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. There's a lot of us that look at our homes and say, purge this home. <laughs> purge this room. Cleanse this place, oh Lord. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just say, Lord, if you could just make this happen, that would be great. He goes on to say, make me hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from thy sins and blot out mine iniquities and create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He is saying, remove the things that are not of you, God, so I can have room for the things that are of you. I'm sure all of us could look through our house and say there's things that you haven't touched that really they just don't do anything for you. But there are some things that you probably could add to the home that would bring joy and bring peace and bring some great atmosphere into the home that if we would begin to remove some things. So what he was doing here in that prayer, he was making room for God. I want to speak to you just for a second on three major places that had room for Jesus that I want to focus on this morning. Number one would be we start where he came into the earth, would be the manger. You see, the manger was so nice. 
It was, it was just beautiful. It smelled great with all those animals. You see, if, if the original Christmas story would have been written by Hollywood, they would have scripted it just a little different. There would have been room for him in the end and it would have been the best of the best because he was royalty and royalty needs everything and everything that would have been lined up just right that there would have uh, wouldn't have been dirty animals in the stable that they would have traded the messes on the ground for the lush carpet and they would have traded the poorly built stable of old wood for a well-built room with all the amenities for him and Mary's long journey on the back of a donkey would have been traded for a beautiful white horse. The world cannot understand why a king, especially the one that is called the king of kings, would ever be born in a nasty, dirty, smelly, broken down stable. Let me tell you why he didn't come in a palace this morning. Let me tell you why he didn't come as royalty. Why he wasn't born in a clean room where everything was spotless and put together. Because he knew that he was coming for people like you and me that were dirty and filthy from the sins that we were born into and the ones we openly have allowed into our lives. He wasn't coming for the spotless. He came as the spotless. He came for the broken. That manger became his royal temple. It didn't look like it, but it was the place of royalty. It was full of a mess. It was dirty, but because he came and was dwelling inside of it, it was now worth something. What was worthless to everybody else now because the king of kings was there now had worth. And, there, and that is where the second location comes into play today that made room for him. The second location was the cross. It was, wasn't pretty. It was bloody. It was messy. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. And that second location opened the door and gave us access to the third location. That third location this morning is simply your heart. If it wasn't for a cross, there would be no access to our heart. There would be no way for us to say, Lord, I want to live for you and want to make room for you in my life. There would be no way for us to say, God, that gift you talked about, that Peter preached about in Acts 2, there would be no way for us to say that that gift would be unto us this morning. But thank God for a spotless lamb that was willing to come to a cross and die for you and me. Thank God that he said, I'll come. I'll leave my throne and I'll humble myself to a precious little baby just so you can have access unto me. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. His grace. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Corinthians 7.23, you, look at your neighbor and say you. Point to yourself and say me. You were bought with the price. So because of that, do not become slaves to men. 
or to sin. But you were bought with the price. You see, when things go wrong in our life, we are quick to start filling up our temple with anger, strife, frustration, and memories of the past. There are those in this room this morning that you walked in carrying some of these things, anger, strife, frustration with life, and memories from the past that are haunting you. You are filling up that temple, that room in your life. And when you're stressed, we're quick to turn to the things of this world for comfort like alcohol and nicotine or even some of us a big old giant tub of ice cream at times. I'm preaching now. Mm, Hallelujah. And before we know it, we have cluttered the temple of God that he paid the great price for. With the things that are not pleasing unto that same God, but are pleasing unto us and our flesh instead. And before you know it, there's no room in the temple for Jesus anymore. I wrap up with this story right here. There was a young man that had his heart set on being a shepherd with the flute in the Christmas play one year. However, the play's director felt that she needed to give Timmy a a part with not too many lines to learn and to help him out. So she told him that, that she was giving him the important role, that of the innkeeper. You see, a huge crowd gathered in that night to see all the children in their various costumes with all the extravagant props that were there. No one on stage or off were more caught up in the magic of that night than little Timmy. But then came the time when Joseph appeared, slowly guiding Mary to the door of the inn. And Joseph walks up to the wooden door on the painted set and he begins to knock really hard. And Timmy the innkeeper swings open the door and responded at that point just as he had been told to do very sternly. He said, what do you want? Joseph answered, we seek lodging. Looking straight ahead, Timmy spoke awkwardly but firm and he said, seek it elsewhere. The inn is filled. And Joseph said, Sir, we have asked in vain. We have traveled far and are very weary. But again, Timmy looked properly stern and said, There is no room in this inn for you. Now Joseph was pleading. He said, Please, good innkeeper, this is my wife Mary. She is heavy with child and she needs a place to rest. Surely you must have some small corner for her because she is so tired. And at that that point for the first time, the innkeeper relaxed his stiff stance and he looked down at Mary and there was a long pause, long enough to make the audience a bit nervous as to what was about to happen which any kid's play will do that to you. (laughs) The director whispered from the side of the stage, say no, be gone. And Timmy just stood staring at Mary, saying nothing. And the director again said, say no, 
be gone, that you're lying. Say no. And finally, Timmy looked at her and said, no, be gone. And Joseph sadly placed his arms around Mary. She laid her head on his shoulder and the two of them started to move away from Timmy, the innkeeper. But Timmy, the innkeeper, as most kids do in a Christmas play, he did not follow the script at that point. He was supposed to go inside and close the door and just let things end right there. He didn't go back inside like he was told to. But rather he stood there in the doorway watching the saddened couple walk off. And his mouth was open, his face covered with concern and there were tears in little Timmy's eyes, real tears in little Timmy's eyes in that moment. And suddenly that Christmas play became something very different from all the others. When Timmy cried out, out of line, he cried out, don't go, Joseph. Don't go. Which I'm sure the director probably said, no. <laughs> but Timmy stunned everyone when he said, don't go, Joseph. Bring Mary back. And as everyone stopped and looked as what he was gonna do next, Timmy stunned everybody and ministered to everybody when he said these words. He said, Joseph, you can have my room. You can have my room. I'll give it to you tonight. You can have my room. Please don't go. Please don't go understand what Timmy was saying that day he was saying you can have my space it's not about me anymore you can have my life my place all my belongings it doesn't matter to me anymore Timmy was preaching a message on that day was saying listen I know this stuff belongs to me I know I'm supposed to say no I know I'm supposed to push you away but there's something inside of Timmy that said you can have everything that I have I will make room for you today Jesus you can have my room you can have my room you can have my heart Revelation 3 and 20 Jesus says behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me the Bible tells us that do you not know that your body is a temple and when you make room for Jesus, you're placing him in that temple or that room of your life and on the thrones of your heart. He becomes the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Not somebody that you just talk about maybe once or twice a year, maybe not just Christmas and Easter, or maybe you talk about on a Sunday every once in a while. But when you say, Jesus, you can have my room, remove all the stuff, let me step out of your way, let me get out of your way so you can do what you wanna do, I promise you. 
I promise you that when you make room for him, all the junk you've been dealing with, all the anxiety you've been dealing with, all the depression you've been dealing with, the suicidal thoughts you've been dealing with, when you begin to make room for Jesus, Jesus says, I will come in and I will clean it all up if you simply make room for me today. Somebody make room for Jesus. You can have my room. You can have my room today. Come on, everybody, lift your hands all over this place. Would you lift your hands all over this place this morning? I'm done. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to simply, Jesus, today, you can have my heart, Lord. You can have my room, Lord. God, remove the things I've been dealing with. Come on, if, you, if you're in this place, I want you to stand up if you've been dealing with something in your life. I want you to begin to lift your hands and begin to release it unto him this morning. I want you to make some room in your life for him this morning. God, I've allowed some junk in. I've allowed sin to come in. God, I've allowed distractions to come in, God. God, it's, 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 it's filling me up, God. Today, I pray, God, purge me, oh God. Purge me, Lord, that I can step out of the way and say, God, this is your room. My heart belongs to you, Lord. My life belongs to you. God is longing to fill somebody with that gift today of his spirit. God is longing for somebody to be baptized in his name today, to have the sins washed away. He is simply crying out, make room for me make room for me somebody cry out you can have my room today Jesus you can have my room today Jesus you can have my room